Show. Thank you for all of our listeners, and today I'm here, of course, with my very, very good friend, the cow, Mildred the Moo Cow. Hi, Pinky. How's Pinky? I'm good. I'm so good. Ah, me too. Okay, well, Mildred, I was wondering, perhaps, today you could please tell us a story. Okay, yeah, let's do that. It's been a while. Yes, please. You get to pick. Oh, okay. All right, well, um, actually, how about a fable? Oh, yeah, a fable. I know, a fable is like a story where the author who writes the fable, right, um, the, that, that they use like animals or plants or something in nature um, to, to tell the story and to teach a lesson at the same time. That's right. Yeah, okay. All right, so there's this wonderful man. His name was Jean de La Fontaine. Jean de La Fontaine. Oh, very good. And he was a fabulist. A fabulist! Yes, that, that's... That's what they would call someone who would write fables, a fabulist. Jean de La Fontaine was a fabulous fabulist. There you go. And Jean was born over 400 years ago in France. Jean de La Fontaine was a fabulous French fabulist. <laughs> Very good. So anyway, he... Um, he became a fabulist, and he created many, many, many pieces of, of beautiful literature. Yeah, he, he wrote the fables. Right. And then years later, like 200 years later, this other Frenchman, he was an artist, an illustrator, and his, his name was Paul Gustave Doré, and he did the illustrations for Gustave, for Fontaine's books. Okay, nice. But Jean, he originally would, he wrote these fables for adults, but later um, they were recognized that they would be great for children, and then they became required learning for the school children. Well, yeah, because he taught them the great lessons, and the fable tells you to be good and do the right thing. Right, absolutely. And they, they honored him years after he died. They, many people made paintings of him, and they built statues, and they made coins with his impression of his face on there, and postage stamps. So very, very famous writer. Fabulist. Yeah, fabulous. Okay, I'm ready for the story now, please. Okay. So just before um, we start this, I do want to go over a couple of words. Yeah, I like it when you do that, please. Right, and it's called the honest woodman. A woodman? Not someone that works with the wood. Right, and particularly a, a wood cutter. Okay. 
And then another word that's that's in this story, uh, the word is gnarled. Gnarled. And it's one of those words that has a silent G, G-N-A-R-L, gnarl. Oh, we did that yesterday. We had a word that started with a G and you didn't hear the G, G-N. Okay, whatever. And when something is gnarled, it means it's all rough and jagged. Oh, yeah, that's what the surfers say. When the water's all choppy and jagged, it's gnarly. There you go. Okay, I'm ready for this fable now, please. Okay. Okay, so the story is The Honest Woodman, written by Jean de La Fontaine, and this version is um, Emily Poulsen. It's kind of her adaptation. Okay. Once upon a time, out in the green, silent woods, near a rushing river that foamed and sparkled as it hurried along, there lived a poor woodcutter who worked hard to make a living for his family. Every day he would trudge into the forest with his strong, sharp axe over his shoulder. He always whistled happily as he went because he was thinking that as long as he had his health and his axe, he could earn enough to buy all the bread his family needed. One day he was cutting a large oak tree near the riverside. The chips flew fast at every stroke, and the sound of the ringing axe echoed through the forest so clearly you might have thought a dozen woodchoppers were at work that day. By and by, the woodman thought he would rest a while. He leaned his axe against the tree and turned to sit down, but he tripped over an old gnarled root and before he could catch it, his axe slid down the bank and into the river. The poor woodman gazed into the stream, trying to see the bottom, but it was far too deep there. The river flowed over the lost treasure just as merrily as before. What will I do, the woodman cried. I've lost my axe. How will I feed my children now? Just as he finished speaking, up from the lake rose a beautiful lady. She was the water fairy of the river and came to the surface when she heard his sad voice. What is your sorrow? she asked kindly. The woodman told her about his trouble and at once she sank beneath the surface and reappeared in a moment with an axe made of silver. Is this your axe you lost? she asked. The woodman thought of all the fine things he could buy for his children with that silver. But the axe wasn't his, so he shook his head and answered, My axe was only made of steel. The water fairy lay the silver axe on the bank and sank into the river again. In a moment, she rose and showed the woodman another axe. Perhaps this one is yours, she asked. The woodman looked. Oh, no, he replied. This one is made of gold. It's worth many more times than mine. The water fairy laid the golden axe on the bank. Once again, she sank. Up she rose. This time, she held the missing axe. That is mine, the woodman cried. That is surely my old axe. It is yours, said the water fairy. And so are these other two now. They are gifts from the river. 
because you have told the truth. And that evening, the woodman trudged home with all three axes on his shoulder, whistling happily as he thought of all the good things they would bring for his family. Oh, Mildred, now that's a beautiful fable. Yes, it is. Yeah, because the woodman did the right thing. He, he wasn't greedy. No, he was not greedy. He was honest. Yes, he was honest and truthful. Correct. He did not act selfishly. No, he knew the silver axe wasn't his. He knew the gold axe wasn't his. He didn't lie and say, oh, yeah, I'll take those. They're mine. He could have done that. No, he didn't do it. He did the right thing. I love those stories. They're so great. The other thing that's really amazing about those stories, they go far, so far away, long ago. And like, there's no chainsaws back then. You have to do it by hand. Right, right. That's a, things are a lot different now. Absolutely. Yes, and Jean de La Fontaine, his fables, they were considered divine. Yeah, divine, because they're very pure, full of love. That's right, and the love and the purity, and when you feel that inside and you have that for real, then you act that way, and then you're connected to the pureness. You're connected to the pureness, and then you do the right thing, and you don't get tempted by greed and selfishness. Right, you stay pure, and you stay divine. Yes, Mildred. Okay, that was... Fabulous. Very good. I love you. I love you.